Hello, stylish folk, and welcome to this week's episode of Handcut Radio, a podcast about why menswear matters. I'm self-confessed fashion addict and journalist Alex Fetkovich, and I'm joined this week by Turnbull and Asser's creative director, Becky French. Hopefully, as one of Britain's foremost shirt makers with headquarters in London and New York, Turnbull's name will be familiar to you. Becky has joined the brand with a fresh, exciting vision for Turnbull and Asser, and I wanted to catch up with her to hear more. We talk about Becky's route into menswear design through brands like Ralph Lauren and Aquascutum, how she's using Turnbull and Asser's past to shape its future, and some of the challenges that heritage brands face today. Without further ado, here's what she had to say. <laughs> uh, well, Miss French, here we are. We're sitting in uh, Turnbull Nasser's uh, marvellous old boardroom, mahogany-clad boardroom <laughs> above Berry Street, the Berry Street shop off German Street, um, around uh, a very the, the storied table where many great decisions have been taken over Absolutely. the years. Absolutely, yeah, it definitely looks like it. It's yeah, quite, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we're, of course, here to talk about Turnbull Nasser and, and talk about your vision for the brand today, if I'm allowed to call it a brand. Yeah, definitely. We are. Good, exciting. <laughs> um, but I guess the, the, the first place to start, Becky, is, is to touch on your, your route into menswear and menswear design, because I'd love to know a little bit more about what has brought you up to this point. Um, well, yeah, I've, um, lovely to be here. Thanks, Alex. Oh, that's all right. It's <laughs> and, a pleasure. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, I, I basically graduated in 2003. I I did fashion design at uni at Kingston and um and then I came out of the degree and like everyone you're interviewing and my first interview was actually with Ralph Lauren Lauren. um and we were I was expecting it was a women's wear position um interviewed with them and actually they wanted me to be on the menswear team Uh and so it was the first time that it sort of you know jolted me into a different part of um design but actually my work's always been influenced by both like my women's wear always been influenced by men's wear and you know I think there's just this lovely part in between that you don't really need it to be defined so um it it actually made quite a lot of sense and so yeah I moved to New York and and worked there for a few years and worked at Purple Label and that was sort of the beginning of really luxury men's wear and learning from the ground up. I didn't realise that. What an awesome first gig. Yep, it definitely That's threw super me cool. into... Okay, straight into yep. designing £3,000 silk suits. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I've never touched... I mean, their their fabrics were just incredible. The, the education from working for them was just, yeah, an, a really sort of perfect starting point. I remember seeing blankets and blankets of um, cashmere just absolutely unique to them and just blankets of swatches to choose from. I mean, the fabric development, the expense that they just didn't spare was uh yeah quite something and and what what, how did those sort of that that, let's say the first six months I mean if you if you had your kind of eyes on women's wear as you left Mm -hmm. university and you're plunged into this very technical world of tailoring and shirting and tie making yeah how how was that well I think any first design role anyway you're you're really in the back you know you're you're observing you're assisting with everything you're trying to um like anywhere as as that role is just to absorb and to be on hand and um I think that's exactly what happened I I was in all the fit sessions I was helping with all the sourcing it was and so because you're so involved as an assistant you actually learn very quickly all of those all of those nuances and the details of menswear and the the real the things that really matter about menswear you it was it was that time that I could absorb it all you know down to every button 
thread, you know, to the position of um, the notch on the lapel. You know, everything was just about precision there. And yeah, they just didn't they didn't settle for anything less than the best. So that's awesome training. Yeah, it really was. It felt like yeah, doing a masters really. Sort of yeah, going from London and doing that. It was. It was a really great experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. No, no one's asked me to go to New York yet. Yeah, well, um, soon enough, I'm sure. Love it. Um, so five years at Ralph Lauren. Per, um, or did I get that right? Well, or have I, was, I just I made was, that up? No, I was over there for three years. Oh, three and then, years. Yeah, then moved back to London. And what came next? Uh, Aquascutum. So um, funnily enough, I actually then went back to doing women's wear. Um, the directors at the time, they were looking for a women's wear designer who had done menswear so I've had a that kind of path which couldn't have been more suited really in a, a company that I was really excited by um again they were doing runway like purple label work at that time um so these were again you know our runways for purple label were in Milan and then these were all London based and in both places the similarities were all about fabric development and really in really having a very different take on fabric development at Aquascutum you know you could take almost something quite um bad taste and that was our sort of drive Michael who I worked for um you know he could see the beauty in something so unusual and then we would work with a mill and make that a really incredible luxury fabric and put it in a modern design and and it was it was transformed that way um so yeah it was again I was there for five years at Aquascutum and Again, the team was very small. We had women's wear, men's wear working together all the time. And um, the show was men's and women's wear. So the crossover was constant and we all just worked really closely together. It was a quite an incredible few years. Uh, that's super cool. Interestingly, Aquascutum is the brand that I credit today with kind of getting me into clothes. Oh, really? Because when I was really young, like really young, and just I think I was probably 15, 16 there was an amazing Aquascutum factory store in mm-hmm. Hempstead that is no longer there, but it was a 20-minute drive from home. And uh, I have an auntie who was a very talented uh, tailor and dressmaker, and she said to me, you've got to go to this factory shop. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking in there, and it was literally the corner of a factory screened off Oh wow! with the most phenomenal coats I've ever, ever seen in yeah. it. Like yeah. floor-length chocolate and cream herringbone great coats. <laughs> and I just, I just went mad and turned up in like sick form the next day. Have you still got this archive? I've, this I, would be something. I wish. <laughs> I, I, that Aquascutum back then was just so cool. And I, I just know. remember going in and never seeing anything. I was like, I've not seen coats like this before. You can get a floor-length yeah. coat. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, their factory was... We'd worked really closely with, with them in Corby. And that, again, was such a such a great experience you go up there you work closely with the pattern cutters who have worked there for years and years and years um and you're making the best trench coats and the most historic you know product so um yeah that was uh, but then they would also be able to turn their hand to doing these kind of bizarre mashups of trench coats that we'd also make for the runway so whilst we were you know doing very traditional products we were also doing these these um yeah real kind of excessive takes on them or um you know cutting through parts that they would they would just at first be like you what you want to do what (laughs) um but they were just up for it and they they were just so skilled that they you know if if they if you they could see what you wanted to do you'd have that conversation you'd work through it in fits and designs and and they'd be up for doing it and and that's what was what was so good it was you know that was their modernity was their skill set could just 
um, transcend your your ideas, your designs, and and make them happen. So it was it was great. Actually, there's a lovely synergy there with Turnbull's factories today. Certainly uh, is. But yeah. we're, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep. I've done a rubbish job in this series so far of keeping on one thread. No so problem. I'm going to try and keep to my thread. <laughs> Um, we'll come back to it. Where where does the the, the brand that you've founded, Marwood Life, come in then? Uh, Marwood. So Sorry, yeah, Marwood. yeah. So the the website's now Marwood Life. It, it's um, Marwood Life, but it's the brand's called Marwood. It's um, I started it actually in two thousand and nine, just off the back of the crash. So uh, Aquascutum really did suffer at that point, um, and the business we almost lost it well we kind of did really at that point um and it changed hands and the it was a very unsettling time and working in a team where you've been you know all so close and it all been going so well and then suddenly the kind of top part fell fell out and um and creatively I needed a project I needed something to focus on um and just keep my keep me interested and excited because the sort of day-to-day in, in work was a bit unknown, to be honest. Um, and so I, I don't know, I just started it as... There were various elements, I think, that came together at the same time. It was quite a few friends were starting to get married, um, the designers, architects, creatives in industry, but didn't really know where to go when it came to tailoring and accessories and... Um, so I'd start to fit them in suits at Aquascutum and, you know, help them out with that and and actually just really enjoy it. I really enjoyed that whole process of working with someone to make them feel really confident in an occasion where actually they're not used to wearing a suit, not really sure how it should fit, not really sure what tie to put with what. And um, that was part of it that started um, my my interest in, in doing more around that. Um, but really, when it came to ties, I just felt like there were no none out there that that spoke to my friends, that spoke to people that um, would probably find the odd vintage tie. You could go into a charity shop or a vintage store, or whenever I complimented someone on their tie, it was their granddad's tie. It was a it was a very strange sort of coincidence that kept cropping up, and I was like, there's something in this where you're actually having you know a product that isn't quite so formal and that was really the approach was to deformalize something that was at the time quite stuffy and seen as just a business suit to business business attire and make it something a bit more fun and a bit more um relaxed cool and that explains i think a lot the slimmer tie blade and some of the textures that you work through the collections and things like that absolutely and also working with the mills you know i wanted a project that meant that i could work that's my that's my love is working closely with the mills working closely with the factories and if i if it's if you remove all of that then to me that's kind of taking so much out of the design process um so i designed the i worked very closely with steve mortars in um suffolk the silk mill there and they loved the idea and were supportive from the start so i designed the fabrics and worked from archive fabrics or new designs and they developed them and then worked with the last remaining lace um, mill in Ilkeston in Derbyshire. And that really was the thing that meant that Marwood had something quite unique. And that part of the collection captured people's imagination at that time. And luckily, it was it was the thing that sort of took off. And I was just very lucky with timing. So this project, um, once I'd left Aquascutum, I was like, do I does this stay as a project just an online blog which was really just a sketchbook of ideas 
or do I make it into something and launch a collection and see what happens? So I just launched a small collection and, and yeah, had some really great support and it went from there. Off it went. Yeah. Very cool. And and interestingly, even at that point in your career, you're championing Made in England, yeah. heritage manufacturers. I think sustainability was important yeah. to you back then as yeah. well. I think less of maybe an emphasis, but absolutely part of, yeah, the everything that we've done has been really going back to those values um yeah it's been it was it was sort of its holding points it it was funny because at the time everyone was talking about it I mean it these are very generic statements now and the same thing's happening with sustainability now um but made in England quite quickly became overused and um I think for me you can it is something that a lot of brands will hook onto and that's great that's fine but it's just you know what the reasons and and something that is timeless is more important to me and that as a standpoint it's it's about making things where they're made best and it's not it's about not replicating them somewhere to get a cheaper deal um that's what this is about and the products that I was designing ties they were made in England they were in you know they've been historically made here um so it made total sense so that's it's more about that genuine link of where something's being made and continuing that rather than just hammering home a message um, for the sake of it. Mm. Which you're right, a lot of brands do 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 today. I think the two the two words that that get overused a lot, or the two phrases that get overused a lot, are bespoke mm-hmm. and made in England. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, that hasn't changed. Um, but this does bring us round uh, wonderfully to <laughs> to Turnbull and Asser. You ought to be congratulated as creative director. Yes, thank thereof. you. Thereof. <laughs> Jolly good. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. Um, and I guess the first question has to be, what, what does it feel like to be placed at the helm of a 135-year-old heritage brand <laughs> with such a colourful history? Slightly intimidating when you put it like that. But uh, no, no, it's really exciting. It's it's really an honour as well, obviously. It's... Um, it's such a historic brand and it's got so much here to delve into and um and and to be honest the people here are just fantastic and it's a team it's a team effort it's a team here that I'm really proud to be a part of um we've got from you know from everyone in every department it's it does does a lot because we are a small company um and they all care about it and i think that's a really really quite an amazing thing to work for a company that's got so much history a brand that is known um to those that know are in the know they know it um and i think yeah now our job is to try and broaden that yes um i mean it's true isn't it there is just something within the kind of the british heritage brand landscape there is just something about turnbull and asset it has always had this kind of confidence and absolutely delightful kind of eccentricity behind it and the stories are incredible about the people that come in the shop yeah. and I, I I spend an unhealthy amount of time downstairs here in the Berry Street short store just listening to, to, to funny stories that the guys have picked up over the years it's brilliant that's it yeah I think the the storytelling is such a huge thing here it's just and and you're constantly discovering more you know it's you, you will just like you've just said. You can you can happen upon a customer just having a chat in in you know one of the stores. You can hear a, a kind of a tale that's been told from years ago. There's there's just so many parts of Turnbull's yeah. history that comes out in the wash, and 
And yeah, you can't really get bored. It's just <laughs> impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. So uh, the, talk to me a little bit about then how you are reinterpreting all these stories that you've that you you're picking up on how are you what, what is your vision for the brand how are you trying to kind of move Turnbull forward now I know it's a big question it is a big question um <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to summarize it succinctly but um it I mean really this is it's about pulling out a different it's about making it relevant that's probably the best way that I can summarize it it's not about um removing our history it's not about abandoning things that we should be really proud about it's about really drawing out those things those messages those um details of Turnbull and Nasser that that remain relevant today and that will change and evolve and I think you know you can there's a part of um heritage brands where you can hold on to things from the past so tightly that it just doesn't mean much to anyone anymore. And I think that's really our biggest challenge is to, to look at what does mean something now and don't abandon it. Hold on to it as tight as possible and make sure that we just maybe reframe it, somehow redisplay it, re, reword it, rework it, um, just to make it heard. I can't help but admire Becky and this standpoint. As someone who's lucky enough to make a living through working with heritage brands, this approach is bang on the money for me. Brands with long histories and rich traditions behind them frequently struggle to contemporise in the right way without alienating parts of their customer base. It's never easy for a traditional company to modernise, but not being afraid to let go of those parts of your brand identity that cease to be applicable is exceptionally brave. For decades... Turnbull and Asser was nicknamed the Peacock of German Street. But who wants to dress like a peacock today? If Becky continues to create beautiful British menswear with a cleaner, crisper design sensibility, she'll have done something relatively few heritage brands manage with the plot. Um, and then the other part is to just be quite harsh and say, do you know what, we might have been known for that for years and years, or we might have done that for years and years, but do we all still around this table believe in that? And if so, if not, then then let's be brave enough to let it go. And that's really what um, the next sort of year or two is going to be about. And it's not it's not about doing it all overnight either. You know, it's got to be gradual and... Um, and that's that's yeah that's the plan really. Do you know I, <clears throat> I absolutely love to hear you say that because um, you know a, a big a big part of my job when I'm not faffing around with the podcast is um, you know going into rooms with heritage brands and talking to them about where their brands at what are the problems they're facing how can how can they evolve etc cetera, etc cetera. and there is one of the issues I have with with some parts of the kind of of the of the industry is that this real will to cling to the past as yeah. though it's the only way to survive when actually you are right that you you have to do precisely the opposite yeah. you have to maintain you know the things that, that that make your brand special but you have to contemporize you have to open up to new products or marketing channels or telling stories in different ways and um yeah it worries me when brands aren't prepared to do that yeah. so to hear you sort of communicate that so elegantly oh. is refreshing <laughs> oh well refreshing that's good to, to hear me. that's good to hear no it's I think as I said it's not you know we've got everyone is behind that you know from our owner 
to the MD, me, the team, everyone. It, it really is, you know, the store managers. We all talk, we all work on this together. Um, and and everyone pulls each other back and pushes each other forward as well. You know, there might be someone around the table who's like, just so fiercely believes in holding on to something. And we all are there to challenge each other, but also there's so much respect. And I think, for, again, for me, that's like any anything in a friendship or work environment. You just... You want there to be a good level of respect so that people listen to each other and and I just think the most creative outcomes come from that. Um, so, yeah, I believe we've got the right team to be able to do it. We just we have to just, just give gonna, it a good, just gonna crack give on. It a good go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, and I think interestingly, if, when I think of the kind of the the seasonal capsules that you've produced over the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. you know, the, there is... Um, it. It, you, you have somehow sort of done that magical thing of producing clothes that do feel really, really cool, but that do have, again, genuine kind of Turnbull heritage factor. If Absolutely. we think about, you know, one, one of the, my favourite shirts that I own, which is a cream silk ruffle fronted uh, dinner shirt. I love that oh. you took that one. <laughs> it was like, it, that's it, an Alex shirt. It's the most 70s thing it's possible to conceive. Yeah. And it's drawn from your archive because I believe was it was it Warren Beatty who used to wear them yeah so he used to wear bespoke Termalassa silk ruffle shirt so naturally Becky has gone back to the archive (laughs) and produced one for today and it's epic (laughs) um so that's really cool you know that you are you're finding ways of uh holding on to certain parts of the story and then being brave enough to step away from other parts and I think it's a balance isn't it of having um you know that was an evening shirt collection and in that we had pieces that aren't as elaborate and so you know you've, you've got to have something that's more fun and playful and I think especially when there is nervousness in today's climate around you know commerciality and everything being um you know we're a business and we've got to do well and we want to but you've got to also have things that show character and personality and and just take it for what it is which is these are clothes and you should have fun with it so yeah, I think those pieces are there for that, and they should be. There should be something about Turnbull where you, you know you've got a hankering for a piece. You know, I just wish I could see this one, and we. Sh- I feel like you should come to Turnbull and Asa and find that. You should find that unusual evening shirt or that um, certain you know vintage. I guess there's a vintage inspiration, an archival inspiration um, that. Well, I guess I love about going into vintage shops or charity shops or something that you go back to the past and and you see something and you look at it and you feel that looks so new and if we can do that to Turnbull then you and and expose it to more people than just that one off that you found in a vintage shop um then I feel like that will be a good way of um moving things forward is is that something you do to find inspiration do you do you you enjoy vintage shopping and things like that absolutely yeah awesome always have um yeah that's I just think, yeah, there's some incredible ones in London as well. But any city you go to, you can you can meet again. It's quite it's quite the same. You walk in and you can talk to people about history. You can get stories. You you know they meet incredible people. There's a shop in South London called Chenchi, and the guy who runs that. I mean, yeah, if you Alex, I think you'd love it. You should go and just I, have I, a. I don't know it. You so that's a top, a top. Have a tip. day out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might not emerge. It's yeah. absolutely full. It's Aladdin's cave of clothes. But um, but yeah, the, yeah, clothing, textiles, all those things will inspire something new. 
Awesome. And of course, Turnbull has a brilliant archive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we don't actually have to go that far. It's no. very lazy. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm looking at all these kind of ar- boxes of archive yeah. shirts to our left and uh, wondering what, what wonders lie within. <laughs> more, more, more silk ruffles, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you are, you are sort of committed to kind of contemporising and moving the brand forward in the right way. Yeah. Could you give me some examples of some of the things that you're bringing to the table and some of the things that you're you're doing at the moment? I mean, the the the, the campaign imagery that you're producing, for example, I think is is remarkably different mm-hmm. to what it has been in the past. Yeah, which might be surprising to some. I think we that's again, it's about not changing necessarily what we're doing, but just refreshing um, how it's seen and making really. Turnbull and Asa, it's not about making a young brand. It's, it's definitely not going to be that, and we don't want it to be. But you should be able to walk in at any age, really, and find something, because it's classic. It's classic shirting. You know, you, the b- predominant part of our collection is perfect white shirts and the best blue shirt for your business attire. Or do you want, once in your life, you want your own um, amazing, you know, shirt for your wedding day or... We should be able to get that customer, but they won't necessarily know Turnbull and Asa at the moment. So I think the campaign imagery, it will evolve. You know, as I said, nothing's going to be um, just an immediate um, bang, which maybe to others it has been. Um, but for us internally, I think there's a lot we can do um, and a lot of re- rich imagery that we can put out there that hopefully represents not only the products but also represents how they're made and the fact that we own our own factory the fact that you know we really believe in the quality of our shirts and so a lot of the imagery we're working on is there to tell those stories and um, yeah there's a lot of exciting um, campaigns that will be coming out whether that's through um, digital means whether that's through more informally um, informal means of of our blog and stories in that way or the newspaper which we've started producing which is it's an incredible tool to tell people more about Turnbull and Asa um, without having to necessarily sell something mm-hmm. you know it's, it's telling people the story and, and who we are as a brand it just opens up your world doesn't it It really bit. does yeah and I do think there's if we think about I think the most recent campaign that you've kind of pushed out there was for your new weekend collection yep um, and the images in that I thought were really, really, um, you know, surprising in the best way in that they, they've got these really rugged images of kind of like a log cabin by the lake. And there's a really sort of, you know, smart looking dude in Western sort of quite tailored Western shirts or denim shirts. And he's got his tie tucked into his shirt, which yeah. I loved yeah. and his top buttons undone. And it's really easy. It's just a, I think it's like taking the aspirational parts of of life rather than you know aspiration is such a funny word and and we just want people to want to to be in these clothes but doing things and wanting to be somewhere and that is evocative to me if I see an image that um makes me want to be there or makes me want to experience something or I don't know if they will do that you know that's that's just the sort of that's the back it's painting more of a picture yeah but I mean in the end you're looking at you know Let's not fool ourselves. These are clothes. <laughs> we're trying to say, you know, we're selling a Western shirt. But but the backstory of building it is is always the exciting, you know, that's the creative part is the storytelling of how you get to create that, those images is, um, you know, going to, 
I think everyone wants a, a small writer's retreat. Well, if they don't, then fine. But I imagine I know that, I do. yeah, <laughs> it's something. It's something that I just feel is the idea of escape. We all work really hard, and and you know whether you're in the city or in the country, it doesn't matter. But you probably quite fancy the other side of it. Um, yeah, and, ha- and having situation. some slightly more relaxed clothes yeah. just to associate with that peaceful time or that quiet time or that escape I think it's really interesting and those you know those clothes could have been in Tumblr NASA anyway um that, that you know they're not they're not absolutely we've done definitely new fabrics we've um really looked at the the brush finish of some of the fabrics we've you know the cream herringbone in the western for instance is one of our um, iconic fabrics it's our own it's an exclusive design that we developed years ago with Albini and it's been in the collection ever since but it's only ever been in a TNA collar um, regular fit with our three Formal button cuff shirt. yeah and and it's done well but it's nice to take a fabric and I think that's the main thing now is just to um, to take some of the fabrics and reinvent them through styling and take some styles and bring newness to um, the collection in that way um all really interesting. Um, I'm wondering, you know, we're, we're talking about how Tambalassa is growing and how you're communicating through different channels. Mm-hmm. What are the challenges to growing a heritage brand today? What, when you sit down as a team, what are the things that you're constantly battling with? Or, you know, what's the flip side of the coin? There are so many. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it is to do with um, not alienating who we have right now. Um, not trying to be something we're not, not trying to, um, you know, force force a hand. Really, we've we've got very loyal customers. We've generally been a business that um, is the word has spread through word of mouth and and people's lo- people loving it, having a great experience there, and then maybe telling their families or telling their friends. I feel like it's spread very much like that, um, and people love the fact that it's it's quite quiet and discreet and isn't shouting or tr- competing in a kind of luxury brand field but the fact is we are a luxury brand so yeah. we have to compete um and i think that's the biggest challenge is is taking this kind of lovely idea idealized view that we have to be we can do it discreetly um and and matching that with the with the the kind of commercial aspects of we need to get this out there and we need to tell more people and we want to, you know, we want to share it. And yeah, of course, I guess in terms of content that then comes down to tone and yeah. to the kind of the, a sense of refinement and kind of almost sort of quietness and subtlety coming through the visuals you produce, Yeah, um, which is not an easy thing to do, but actually, you know, even thinking back to your, your spring summer campaign with the guy on the kind of pebbled beach, yeah. there is a sort of quite, there is a kind of, what's the word? There's there's a freshness, but also a subtlety to that campaign um, that I think communicates that really nicely. Oh, it's good to hear. Well, I think we're just trying to um, each season move it on as well. I, we're just prepping. I've just worked with our stylist. We work really closely with David Nolan, who I've built up a great um, working relationship with where we just bounce off each other. And I, I came across him actually through Instagram um, about a year ago, just as I joined or just just before. And... Um, you talk to him and he just loves menswear. He loves clothing, but he's not particularly interested in fashion. And I think that really is the perfect combination for us because um, for the new for the for the weekend collection, for instance, we work with Stephen J. Morgan, who's a he's a portrait photographer, 
Um, and then David, who is a stylist and does incredible work in fashion, but he he is there about. He loves the detailing. He shops in Turnbull. You know, he he knows the German street brands and and really appreciates um, them for what they are. So I think with the imagery, it's about finding the right teams, finding the right people who can pull out those those nuances and those details and that warmth and. Um, if we can get a series Im of images out that portrays a warmth and a, and a stylized um, storytelling, then then hopefully we'll we'll start to broaden the reach and connect with different people. Exactly, yeah, that's that's the best way to say it. Really, it's it's about that, and um, I hope that I hope we can do more. And I think that confidence will grow by working with different people as well. And um, I'm I'm particularly excited about the autumn winter collection and we've just shot a classics campaign as well so that's the other thing is our, our classics our our classic collection has been our bread and butter it's and really what you come to for Turnbull and Asa business shirts and um and we need to tell that story as well so we are you know playing these images so the storytelling of a kind of lifestyle environment alongside um just just very straightforward like don't forget to tell people what we actually do yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah there's um there's a lot of work going into the imagery at the moment and yeah we'll see where it, see how it's received you're painting a picture of a brand that is very open yeah why do you think it is important for heritage brands to be open today and to be right. reaching out yeah i think because it goes back to what we were saying before otherwise you you are I also think you can look unapproachable. You can look stuffy. You can, and also look um, too, almost like you're above everyone. And I, I, and that's the thing that I think is difficult with a luxury world anyway. So, so much of it is, I guess it's everyone's different take on what is aspirational. And there's aspirational, which is almost unattainable. And then there's aspirational, which is... Inclu more inclusive and and kind of makes you feel that you can achieve it or touch it or be a part of it even in some way you know like I was saying is if it's just the brand that you know does the best shirts and is making their shirts in England and you want to own something of that then you might just own one shirt in your life and I think that that should be an aspiration of everyone yeah, to, yeah. to have that kind of because then it represents an event a moment and you're part of that and that would be for me that's an aspiration is to you know be part of those special occasions but also to deliver really reliable product that is to the people who will buy this day in day out as their mainstay wardrobe then we have to live up to that and we can't let that customer down um, so I don't. I think I kind of took your question and took it no, somewhere else. No, no, no. It's but... great. That's absolutely fine. But but it, you know, talking of very reliable product, mm -hmm. uh, you are also a proper made in England brand mm -hmm. with two workshops: yep. one for shirts, one for ties. Yep. Um, uh, I guess it, it's it's self evident that that sets Turnbull and Asa apart. But why why do you think it's so important for consumers to be championing products like yours today or to be engaging with products like yours? Um, I mean, for us internally, it means so much having them because it's you get better product. You know, if you're making, if you know the teams that are making your product, if you get to talk to them much more regularly, if you, um, 
you know, I was there this week on Tuesday and just the amount that you achieve from one day, one visit where you're all sat around a table, where you're all going to see the certain, see how things are made, where you're, you're actively working on something and bettering it all the time. Um, it means that not only the product's improving, but the process of how the pro product is made is improving. Um, and so behind the scenes, just the fact that they're down the road, the communication channels are just absolutely enhanced from that. Um, it also is better that we are not adding on huge air miles to everything that we make. You know, this is um, that's something to really champion and we, that our customers should know about. Um, and that this is historic make, really. You know, if you <laughs> it's, um, you know, we've, if we've made shirts for this long, we've, we've I think we're probably pretty good at it by now. <laughs> and, and I just think that um, that would give customers, you know, real confidence that when you know, it's hard, isn't it, with price points, it's hard to know what you're getting for your money. But if you're buying something from us, the, the thing that I know is that you will come away with a product that is going to last. And it, you know, it's going to last because of the fabrics we choose, because of the buttons that we choose, how they're then applied, how the seams are um, made. This is a product to last rather than just shoving a brand label on it and telling someone to spend loads of money. Mm. And I think the, the other thing that's lovely about it for me you know, we talk about Turnbull and Asa uh, opening up and being a contemporary heritage brand. Having factories with staff who've been there for years and years and years who you also talk about and champion and mm -hmm. demonstrate that, that you value, yeah. that that makes Turnbull and Asa feel so human to me. Yeah. You know, some, some luxury brands, as you say, and heritage brands can feel really closed. Yeah. Well, we are a family-owned business, so that mentality really does um you know drive the whole unit so if we're, we're we you know we really celebrate everyone in the business and that comes from the top and I feel like they they see it as a family business they see everyone in that way and that is really encouraged so that's again another strength really because it's the family run it's it's also very small um the, the people who have been making and in the business for 20 years 30 years those are you know absolutely respected because they're the ones who have seen the most and they can pass on to us new newbies the um the tricks of the trade and you know what they know about Turnbull and 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 it, it is incredible how much you learn from from everyone I've just been here a year and uh, yeah I was just totally clueless compared to, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure I'll say the same in a few you know a few years that um, each year you'll just learn something new, a lot, a lot new, newness. Yeah, marvellous. Um, and I think the last piece of the puzzle to to touch upon that you, you just mentioned briefly is I think another thing that, that is interesting to me about Turnbull Asset today is you are well ahead of your contemporaries in terms of focusing on sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's a real passion of yours. Yeah. Um, Talk to me a little bit about why, again, you're moving towards that as a brand. Well, I think one of again we have been sustainable. We've had that mentality. We just haven't been telling people about it, right? Um, and I think um, that's that's probably the way for a lot of things in the business. We've been very quietly doing all these things and just not been because we've been so um, quiet about it. I think it's just time to start to tell these stories and tell people what we what we do. We've always recollared and cuffed our shirts. Um, and again, that goes back to 
if a customer wants to have their shirt made to last and they love that shirt, it's amazing how attached people get to their clothes. Um, and if they will come to us and ask for that one shirt to have new collars and cuffs, and we do that. And, um, and we continue to offer this service. So it's not that we're suddenly catching on to an idea that's been there it's just that actually because it's been spoken about we've got an opportunity here to tell that story again and be relevant because it's something we're doing and everyone should sort of know that that's that's a service we offer um but it also is that we just take, we don't like waste we we don't our products don't create a lot of waste which is great um ties don't anyway the way that they're cut um and the, the the same with our shirts but we're working all the time to decrease that and then look at um the you know everything from our packaging we're doing a huge overhaul of our packaging at the moment um to reduce the amount of plastic that we because we've used plastic um to hold these things together from the clips that hold the shirt together to the plastic that it, and it's going to be an ongoing project it can't be all done overnight but um we're looking at so many initiatives and this um this is also we've got a royal warrant and and Prince Charles is obviously a huge advocate for the environment and um, speaks to our values. So it's, it, it, I think we've been given the royal warrant for the fact that we make um, luxury shirts and, and the best shirts in his mind, but also we want to honour um, his values and, and our own. Um, so it, it, I am absolutely going to be driving that forward along with everyone else on the team. As I said, the, our everyone's behind that that's not just something new that's come from me um it's just that now we're, we're sort of working hard on telling that story if we believe in it then let's let's do something proactive about it um and there'll be more to come on that next year with a new capsule collection and and some really exciting products that will i think highlight that message even more exciting um and, uh, and a noble thing to be focusing on I think, well, I, I think if you don't do that again, you're not, I feel like I'm going to say this word 10,000 times, but, um, but but you won't be relevant. And in if we're not thinking about those things, then we're going to be so far behind because um, everything's moving so quickly, thankfully, and has to move quickly. Otherwise, we're all going to be in trouble. It, it, interestingly, do you, do you find that it is the, the kind of pace of change in retail or change in marketing strategies and digital marketing today, Is the, do you find that to be a problem for Turnbull and Asso, or is it actually, is it is it kind of boosting you along at the moment? Yeah, I think um, we've found, we found a way to make it work for us. So, um, you know, our marketing department and our PR and they, they've come up with a good strategy of how we can, how we can sort of, I guess, play that game. How do we tell a message that without having to do a runway collection or, those are the things that just don't feel like very relevant for us um but there's ways of telling people what products we make and how we make shirts and and move with the speed of content that people need now um i mean yes it it definitely adds more challenge people get bored so easily and um newness you know everyone's just expects it constantly um but i think we can the way that the structure's been um created um, with James, Gemma and James and how that that is formed, I think that we've come up with a really good way that um, that can be that can be delivered, and we can we can make it work for us rather than it being a constant yeah, challenge and having to fight against yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Marvelous. Well, um, I guess uh, my my final question to you then is: What's coming next? What what can we all be excited about 
coming into store and trying on soon? Um, well, our next collection is um i mean we've we've liked to make products for um a seasonally appropriate so we've got our summer capsule coming um our summer linens last year i it was just as i joined and um they created a, a poppy summer linens colored colorful linens collection um which did really well and and sold very quickly um so off the back of that we've done a new um take on it with bold stripes in linens got a collarless shirt so again cool. um just just looking at being able to wear things on more it's just just taking the collar off is really quite simple but it's something <laughs> yeah. that we haven't actually done re- recently um <laughs> so yeah there's some really lovely um bold stripes and colorful linens and and little ticking stripes and um so striped linens is obviously the theme as you can probably tell i love, love uh, a ticking stripe not yeah. enough ticking stripe shirts out there very french workwear inspired but um done in a turnbull way so that we shot it in morocco in february Fab. um so we've got some really strong imagery coming out um that yeah we'll take you away on holiday if nothing else oh i can't wait i um, need that right now <laughs> yeah, no, so don't we all? um so yeah that's that's the next thing and and the year then after that we've got um the winter collection um which is probably the first one that i've been fully involved in so that's going to be um bringing a new fresh palette and um some lovely products from definitely our shirts but really are ready to wear we've been working very hard on um, introducing new outerwear um we've got some laura piano storm system rain system new styles um and then knitwear as well we've got some beautiful hand knitted um pieces coming from wales so um yeah i think there's going to be more over time you'll start to come into tambla nasa and hopefully discover more than what you expect and that's that's our aim anyway well that all sounds um very exciting to me <laughs> um i am I can't wait to see how the brand continues to evolve over the next year or two, Becky. Um, I, you know, w- wish you all the best of luck. You know, I'm a huge fan. You are indeed. Thank <laughs> you for your support, Alex. No, it's great. It is a pleasure, and um, yeah, really lovely to talk to you. Thanks for taking some time out to be a part of Series One. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Well, I'm afraid that's it for your dose of uh, menswear musings this week. Handcut Radio will be back next Wednesday, as per usual. Between now and then, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Handcut Radio, or you can email me on alex at handcutradio.com with any thoughts, queries, or feedback. Uh, hit me up and I'll answer as soon as I can. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the podcast. We're trying really hard to build something here at Handcut Radio, and your support goes a long way. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Birch, a London and New York-based creative agency. Check out their work at thinkbirch.com. Our theme music is by Joe Boyd. You can hear more from him at This Is Joe Boyd. All that remains is for me to say thank you very much indeed for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>